This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Right now, we're seeing an epidemic of polarization and dehumanization in Ethiopia through the language that's being used to describe the ethnic other, the political other, the religious other. This is a podcast about two things, helping those with urgent needs in front of us today and improving the road so others can walk it safely in the future. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, a podcast where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Kent Anning, co-director of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College. And I'm joined by my colleagues, Jamie Aiton and Laura Finch to explore how we can more effectively love our neighbors from everyday acts of kindness to the most complex humanitarian challenges facing the church and society today. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Better Samaritan podcast. Uh, We've decided in this podcast sometimes we're going to jump in and try to do a short podcast on a topic that's in the news that will help you to understand what's happening and also understand how you might help, how you might pray, how you might give uh, to help uh, people who are in in moments of deep suffering in different parts of the world. We're so grateful to be joined today by Roger Sandberg, who is Vice President of Field Operations with Medical Teams International, and also Dr. Andrew DeCourt, who is Co-Director of the Neighbor Love Movement in Ethiopia. Uh, and we are today speaking on the Tigray crisis in Ethiopia. Uh, thank you, Roger and Andrew, for being here. And uh, my colleague, Jamie Ayton, who we do this podcast with, is on as well. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Great to be with you all today. Thank you for having us. Andrew, I wonder if, could you give a sort of 30 second, I'm sure what uh, what is a complex crisis that, that goes back deep into history, but could you give us a 30, 40 second overview of the Tigray crisis, what's happening right now? Sure. It's an extremely complex situation that really can't be summarized in 30 seconds, but there's been a standoff between the federal government in Addis Ababa and the regional government in the northern region of Tigray. That resulted in a military intervention on November 4th, and what has followed has been a humanitarian crisis of really gigantic proportions that's causing enormous human suffering between the Tigray People's Liberation Front, the regional government, and again, the central government or the federal government in Addis Ababa. Uh, So we're seeing um, a situation of mass displacement, mass killing, mass hunger, and a huge need for humanitarian assistance and basic compassion for suffering people. And Andrew, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're encountering right now on the ground? Well, there's a real shortage of information coming out of Tigray because of cut um, internet and phone communications. So the information is difficult to obtain But I know that humanitarian organizations like World Vision and others are reporting that it's being extremely difficult to access the region and to provide the emergency food and medical aid that's badly needed. I think that um, the United Nations reported that I think 78% of hospitals in the Tigray region right now are either inaccessible or inoperable due to massive destruction and looting. Um, And I think that there's as many as 3 million people that are in urgent need of food assistance, including, I think, over 600,000 
children. So getting access to information, but then having access to be able to provide care for people who need it is a major challenge right now. In addition to the highly uh, polarized political environment that makes talking about this extremely complicated and frightening for many people. And Roger, as you step into the situation this complex, you've worked in complex crises around the world with Medical Teams International. How do you think about interventions in something like this as an NGO? How can you help? How are you gathering the right information? And then what are best practices for for trying to step in to this crisis that Andrew just described? Yeah, the the key here is access for the humanitarian aid community, uh, whether that's the United Nations, whether that's different non-governmental organizations, NGOs, uh, like Medical Teams International. We have to be able to access the people in need. Um, and this is where it just layers on the complexity of the situation is when a governing body um, is fighting against another group, um, and that's what is happening in the north of Ethiopia, it is still the government of Ethiopia that determines which NGOs are not only allowed in country, but then also where and when they can travel, where and when they can work. So right now, there is very limited access. Andrew talked about uh, limited access of information coming out of the north of Ethiopia. There is very limited access to be able to get in and to bring in the assistance that is needed. So in essence, a siege is being created, uh, which is driving even further need, even further suffering. Um, and NGOs have to figure out how to negotiate and how to access the people in need. And Andrew, as you reflect on what Roger was sharing on some of these major needs that are happening there, I'm curious if there's a particular need that you've seen on the ground that has really stood out to you. I think that the needs are extremely basic. They're food, water, access to medicine, Uh, delivery care for pregnant women, um, care for the wounded who have been injured in combat, um, and basic security, especially for women and children. There are reports coming out of mass rape taking place and sexual violence in Tigray. Um, There are satellite images and reports of destroyed refugee camps in the region. Um, We are getting reports from the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission and other bodies of uh, enormous atrocities where hundreds of people are being murdered because of their ethnic or religious identity in the region in the absence of the rule of law. So the fundamental basics of human survival are needed like food, water, medicine, and security of person right now. And so maybe with for this question, Roger, you first, and then Andrew, what can someone who's listening to this right now, who's in the U.S., um, goes to church, they hear about this, it's far away, we hear, hear about the complexity that's there. What, what can people pray for? What should they try to learn? Uh, how might they give to help people who are facing you know, such horrible circumstances? Yeah, thank you. I think it's really important for people to uh, be willing to learn about uh, what is going on in Ethiopia right now. We're, we're really just focusing on the past 100 days in Ethiopia, um, but there's a, a rich and dynamic history that adds to the complexity of this crisis. 
Um, it is um, not going to be an easy solution here, um, and it's going to be a complex solution. So people need to educate and learn what is going on. Um, we do believe in the power of prayer. We would ask that people would pray for their fellow brothers and sisters in Ethiopia. Uh, we believe that we are all created in the image of God. Um, these are our brothers and sisters that are, are suffering. We believe in advocacy. We believe that reaching out to your congressmen and women, to your senators, um, and to appealing, what we are asking for is a humanitarian corridor, a safety so that humanitarian assistance can get in to avoid what we believe could be mass starvation. Um, we do have credit credible reports of government forces or their allies killing livestock and burning crops. Um, we believe over 50,000 people have already been killed. These are war crimes. Um, and so asking our elected officials to apply pressure to the government of Ethiopia to begin peace conversations, to agree to a ceasefire, and to allow a humanitarian corridor. Finally, um, medical teams and other NGOs do run on resources of donations. Um, right now, um, a lot of the U.S. government and the United Nations, the European Union, aren't providing grants to assistance because organizations don't have access. So what medical teams is doing is providing health care in refugee camps right across the border from Ethiopia and Sudan. And we're needing to uh, mobilize resources to be able to pay for that until the UN or others can provide grants and assistance to help cover some of those costs. Thanks, Roger. And what would you add to that, Andrew, for how people can help or, or what other people here in the U.S. could do right now? I think Roger's response was really comprehensive and insightful. Um, I would say that we should pray for brothers and sisters in Christ to have our hearts softened to the other. Right now, we're seeing an epidemic of polarization and dehumanization in Ethiopia through the language that's being used to describe the ethnic other, the political other, the religious other. Uh, we're seeing increasing enemy images circulating on social media, and this is fueling the environment in which basic compassion for the needs of women, children, men, elders has become so uh, vexed with political hate. And so in addition to the urgent humanitarian assistance that's needed that Roger described and the advocacy work that Roger described, we need to see a cultural and spiritual movement in Ethiopia where people's hearts are softened to see the other as a neighbor, to see the enemy as a neighbor, to see that person across the boundary as someone precious and made in the image of God, as Roger mentioned. And that's obviously work that needs to be done uh, in the United States and around the world, it's not unique to Ethiopia, but we're seeing this polarization of enemy images, enemy language, and violence making it very difficult, both for the practical response that Roger described and also for the ongoing sustaining work of healing, dialogue, uh, reconciliation, and transitional justice in Ethiopia. And Roger and Andrew, for those who are listening and you both outlined several different ways that uh, the church and Christians can get involved in helping in this really tragic situation. Um, where can they go to learn more about how to take those next steps? 
Yeah, um, I use the BBC as a resource uh, to receive daily information. Um, you can find articles on the current situation of uh, Ethiopia and what is happening and how it is really impacting the region uh, with Eritrea to the north and Sudan to the west. I'll let um, Andrew answer more specifically on Ethiopia itself, as he is very well resourced in that area. I would agree with Roger that the BBC is a useful platform for information. Within Ethiopia, there's a, a news platform called Addis Standard that is closely following the situation. The Ethiopian Human Rights Commission is producing reports on atrocities and other um, unfolding situations happening in the north. So I'd encourage people to follow the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission. Um, those are two of the sources that can be followed from within Ethiopia. But again, the situation is difficult because there's such limited information getting out and all of the information is highly, um, highly polarized with different bodies condemning information as being fake news. So there's a real need to compare um, platforms and information very carefully. Well, thank you, Roger and Andrew, for joining us. Um, we'll be with you in prayer. Uh, we're grateful for ways that we can, other ways we can give and help as we think of Tigray and the Tigrayan people. Um, thank you for the work that both your organizations are doing. We'll put links to your organizations in the show notes as well so people can find you. Uh, and may we keep on uh, paying attention to um, our brothers and sisters in Ethiopia during this difficult time. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Better Samaritan podcast. You can find links to the things we mentioned during this episode in the show notes. And special thanks to The Brilliance for this fantastic music theme. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. You can also follow the Humanitarian Disaster Institute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next week as we continue learning to do good better. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus podcast, two clergy of different traditions. Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.